playing and enjoying, and the thing that I remember, the most vivid memory I have of the time living there was running through the hallway, down one set of stairs, then through the hallway, and up the other set of stairs, and around and around and around, <laughs> singing Zippity Doodah. <laughs> With Dina. And her mom's name was Cynthia, and my mom's name was Cynthia, and her name was Cynthia, but they all went by different names. She was my neighbor. We moved to South Dakota when I started first grade. And we lived in a neighborhood where the neighbors became like family. We, across the street from us, was again my dad's closest colleague. And just two houses away were my surrogate grandparents, who I still am in contact with. I knew every house, I knew who lived on every house in, the, in that block, and that was probably like 20 houses. And I had been in most of those houses. I knew their kids, I knew their grandkids. I knew everybody in that neighborhood. When I went to college, I knew all my neighbors. We shared bathrooms. <laughs> we knew each other really well, and we would spend, each other, spend long nights talking about really important deep things, and sometimes really unimportant things. When I finished college, I lived on the Crow Creek Indian Reservation for a summer, and I knew my neighbors because there were 16 people who lived in the town where I lived. And two of them adopted me as their daughter for that summer, and we are still I still send them a card, even though I never hear from them every Christmas, because I want them to know something about my life, because I still love them and am thankful for the things, the time that we shared. <clears throat> when I have sat for four months during graduate school in Washington, D.C., it was the first time that I really didn't know my neighbors, other than <clears throat> in past. I sometimes would say hello as we parked our cars together in the lot behind the condos, or as we walked from the cars to, to the gates that were parallel to one another. But I didn't know them, and they didn't know me really at all, and there wasn't really much potential that I saw for getting to know those people, and I was only going to be there for four months. And so I didn't have a lot of investment. When Alan and I got married, we lived in a neighborhood with cookie-cutter houses. And every house looked pretty much the same. But none of them were really close to us. There were fences, and there was space, and there wasn't a common area at all. But the neighbors that we knew most about were the ones who lived across the street from us, mostly because we looked at them out our window. <laughs> and we would watch the father of the family because he was outside a lot. He was outside smoking. He was outside shoveling. He was outside blowing leaves. He was outside doing just about anything. And it seemed like he wanted to be outside when the rest of the family was inside. And so we exchanged a few words or greetings in passing, but we didn't know each other. They were only pleasantries that we exchanged, not relationships. 
report that I, that the current house we live in and the current neighborhood we live in is the place that I have lived the longest in my whole life. And I plan to live there for many, many years. <laughs> seven years, July 1. Well, seven, July 25th, seven years, actually, to be technical. Um, but I know my neighborhood. We live on a dead-end street, and I know all of the faces of every person who lives on that street and every person who has formerly lived on that street, and I know most of their names. And when our new neighbor, who just moved in, decided that she would like to organize us into having a block party, which is something that we thought we should do for the past seven years, <laughs> someone said, you should ask Sarah because I think she has almost everybody's email. And I do. I know most of my neighbors, and I have had the gift of sharing hours and hours and hours with the other mothers on the street, <laughs> standing out, watching our children run and bike and scooter and jump rope and everything on all the lovely days on Sheffield Street. And so I know a lot about their lives because I've known some of them for seven years. And I've seen their kids little, and I've seen their kids like so big I can't even believe it. And it's a gift to know my neighbors. Some of them I know better than others because we have a common interest or something that has drawn us together. And some of them, I have yet to find the reason to invest in a relationship. Though I wish that I knew all of them more than I do. So there's a conversation in the Gospel of Luke that Jesus had with someone about the greatest commandment, which is the song we sang earlier. Any rem anybody remember what the greatest commandment was? Love God first. Love God first with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So here's the story. A legal expert stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to gain eternal life? He would say, how do I get to heaven? Right, if that was asked today. Jesus replied, what is written in the law? How do you interpret it? Because how do you answer a question but with a question if you're Jesus, right? He responded, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But the legal expert wanted to prove that he was right, so 
he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus responded with a parable, a story. Take the heart. 
tells the story, Jesus asked, What do you think? Which one of these three, the people who walked by, was a neighbor to the man who encountered these? <coughs> a legal expert said, The one who demonstrated mercy to him. And Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. Show mercy to someone. That's how you love your neighbor as yourself. So take a minute and look at the people around you. I know that everybody's going to be a little uncomfortable because we don't actually do that, but just look at who's sitting in front of you and beside you and behind you. Because we're here together, right? And sometimes we notice each other and sometimes we don't. But these are your neighbors. We are neighbors to one another. And they are worthy, each person is worthy of your understanding, your compassion, and your help. Show mercy. Okay, now come back to your own inner internal mind and imagine your neighbors your actual neighbors. You are in your house, and there are people who live this way, there are people who live this way, there are people who live this way, and this way. Imagine the people who live around you. Imagine their faces. Bring their names to mind. Speak them at least in your head. Those in the house next door, or the apartment down the hall, or whoever you consider your closest neighbors. Now, envision having compassion for them. Whether you feel you already have compassion for them or not. Imagine having compassion. these next four weeks, we would like to challenge you to get to know your neighbors. Get to know who they are. And by your neighbors, we mean the people around you each day. The people who you have opportunities to get to know, even if you haven't taken those opportunities yet. They may be the people who are sitting here with you. They may be the people who live beside you or in front of you or behind you. They may also be people in this neighborhood or in our neighborhood down on Forest Avenue. So I have a few challenges for you to consider. You don't have to do all these before next week, but you can start. Do something nice for a neighbor. Think of something nice to do for one person in particular who you consider your neighbor and do it. Get to know someone better than you do now. 
that means initiating a conversation. And maybe it's a conversation in which you listen more than you talk. Or you talk enough just to make them comfortable. Take a neighborhood prayer walk. A prayer walk is a walk that you don't raise your hands and close your eyes while you're walking. So you have to have your eyes opened. But you're paying attention to everything that you see around you. You're noting it. You're finding compassion for it. And you're offering all that you see to God. And praying that in your openness, you might learn something about yourself, about your neighbor, about what God might be calling you to do. And number four, find an intentional way of learning about our church neighborhoods. Parkside, which is we're on the edge here of, and it goes that direction. Um, and so this neighborhood right here, if you walk out this door, getting to know this neighborhood, and our neighborhood down on Forest Avenue, which doesn't have quite such a clear name, but it is along Forest Avenue, the Bat Cove on one side, and Oakdale <coughs> neighborhood on the other side. And preferably, you get to know that neighborhood, not by doing online investigation, but that would be nice. <laughs> That's not a bad thing to do, but actually to learn about the neighborhood by spending time there. Have some coffee at a place where you can get coffee near 509. Have, go walk in the neighborhood. Frequent a business. There are lots of ways to get to know our neighborhoods and our neighbors. And it's important because how can we love our neighbor as we love ourselves if we don't know them? How can we love our neighbor as we love ourselves if we don't know them? We believe that as a church, we need to be rooted in a neighborhood. Sometimes churches act as if they could be located anywhere, right? It wouldn't matter where they were. It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't change who they were if they were located here or there or anywhere. But we believe that we are who we are because we are where we are. Being in this neighborhood, being in Parkside has formed and shaped us. And we are who we are because we are here. And we are still discovering how and growing into, but we really need to understand who we are on Forest Avenue because we are where we are. So I hope that we can all figure that out together because God is going to lead us when we are open. We need to get out in our neighborhoods and discover who our church is and who it can be because we are at 185 High Street and 509 Forest Avenue. Because we are rooted in our neighborhoods. If we are to love our neighbors as ourselves, 
We need to know who our neighbor is, and we need to learn how to love them. That's how we love God. That's how we live our faith. And that's how we change the world. We're going to sing a song of peace.